Welcome to How to Feel. I'm Anastasia Holland, and these are words and stories on what it feels like to be human. Hey, hey. Welcome to episode one, How to Feel Creative During Difficult Times, with artist and mentor and my best friend, Devin Walls. Today, as most of the world is in lockdown, facing an unprecedented world crisis, we find ourselves in perfect conditions for depression, anxiety, and all mental health issues to thrive. Artists, Devin Walls and I talk about the ups and downs of living during a pandemic, and how to feel creative amongst it all. Devin shares how she first found art during one of her most difficult chapters of her life, and how painting has completely transformed her mental, emotional, and physical health. Devin shares tips and insights on what it's like to be a full-time artist during a near-economic collapse, and why it's so important for all of us to be creating and sharing our work during a time like this. Devin is also my best friend, and so during this episode, she makes me laugh a lot, and she's someone who is super expressive with her hands and her face gestures, and so that doesn't really translate over audio, but the entire time I'm laughing, and it kind of seems like I'm laughing at inappropriate moments, which is also a coping mechanism of mine, is just to laugh when I'm uncomfortable, but um, this episode is full of so many amazing good things. And we talk about why Devin decided to start making art, why desire is so valuable when you're experiencing depression and chronic fatigue, Devin's thoughts on selling and promoting her work during this time, insights for other artists wondering if now is the time to release new pieces and series, how to start a creative practice when you have little to no energy, why making art is so helpful with resolving trauma. Devin's personal emotional experience and creative practice during the pandemic and a ton more. I think you'll find this episode super helpful if you're experiencing a range of emotions during this experience. Devin is an abstract mixed media artist, muralist, and educator based in Southern California. Her self-study of visual art began while earning a BA in philosophy at UC Berkeley. Known for her use of bright colors and etheric feeling, the development of her work has been influenced by her interests in mysticism, ontology, and psychedelia, her love of the natural world, and her coastal upbringing. Devin has worked with clients such as Vans and West Elm, collaborated on all kinds of design projects from album covers to planners, and her work is held by collectors around the globe. In addition to her studio practice, she mentors other artists via her programs and workshops and hosts thoughtful conversations about the artist's path on her podcast, Art and Magic. You can find more about her and her work on her website, www.devinwalls.com, and on her Instagram, at devinwallsart. Without further ado, I give you my conversation with Devin Walls. I'm happy to have you here. <laughs> I'm very happy to be here. I know. Um, so maybe just start us off by telling the listeners how you and I know one another. Mm. Well, we are best friends. 
and our history begins many moons ago in the sixth grade. We met in middle school, and I believe I offered you some food for lunch that you were allergic to <laughs> without knowing it. And then we talked about boy problems on the phone for many, many years. And then here we are, <laughs> our adult <laughs> selves that aren't really very adult, but still best friends. We also went to middle school, high school, college together, and have lived together, mm. and traveled through Asia together. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and no longer live together. <laughs> um, so speaking of living together, one of my first questions for you is us kind of going back to the Cragmont days and when we lived together in our second apartment and you going through a difficult time experiencing depression, anxiety, chronic fatigue, trauma, everything, and um, finding art and essentially starting your career as an artist there in that apartment. And yeah, maybe just start us there being in a difficult time and finding painting and finding a creative practice or maybe even starts earlier in our apartment before that but anything you have to speak on just your journey of finding art during a difficult time yeah um those were the days <laughs> just kidding yeah so i started making art out of a dire need i would say um yeah, I think the journey did start even before those years when we were in college and I was coping in college very much as well, but maybe in a less obvious way. Um, before I was chronically depressed, I was still struggling and, and dealing with trauma. And in that time, I found that the one thing that I could do was just draw in my desk in my room. And I didn't really think much of that because, you know, I kind of doodled like a stoner when I was in high school and it, it didn't, I wasn't really thinking of it as like art with a capital A, but that love kind of continued on. And so year, a, like a year or so later after we had traveled and moved back to Berkeley and I found myself um, really, really struggling to do anything. Um, I did feel this very small, small calling to paint. And it was the only desire that I could really identify that I had at all. And for anybody who's been depressed or has struggled with fatigue, desire feels so few and far between <laughs> and so valuable. Um, and so I followed that and it, it really wasn't about art with a capital A or, or being anything or getting anywhere with it, but it was just about survival. Like if I could just do this one thing that felt kind of interesting and kind of a little bit better and kind of a little bit more like myself than I I could keep going and so I think I just kept returning to it over and over again for that that reason um and I at that time was really treating art in a therapeutic sense so rather than like developing my style or putting anything out into the world I was I was really just in it for the process and trying to feel my feelings through the colors and through the movements and I think that the somatic experience of doing that help really helped facilitate the healing process um yeah so when did you start to notice that art was making a difference in the way that you were feeling or making art was making a difference in the way that you were feeling 
Um, I think I noticed it right away, like from the first, anytime I engaged with it, like maybe in that day-to-day type of experience, I was just kept being drawn to it because I, I was just looking forward to it. It was the only thing I could identify as a desire, maybe in a more big picture sense, like when did it actually start to shift and move things uh, in a bigger way? Um, maybe about five or six months of showing up. And I mean, even still, it was very slow. And probably at the time, I wasn't able to see that kind of progress. But in retrospect, that probably was when I uh, was able to function a little bit better. Yeah. After making art all those days. I want to talk a little bit about like feeling a desire and Mm. having like an inkling of like, oh, maybe this will help or, oh, I'm just even drawn to this. And that's Mm -hmm. a relief in this moment of where I'm not feeling that at all. Mm -hmm. And um, me remembering the days where you watch uh, videos of painting and artists that you were inspired by. And then that led you to painting it in our house and in the living room. And Mm -hmm. just speaking, if you can, to being in such a hard place, but having maybe just tiny nudges or whispers of like, hey, go this direction and uh, what that was like for you. Yeah, it's so funny. In retrospect, it it was not a simpler time because it was so hard and so brutal. But as you're asking that question, I don't know if there was a whole lot of like debate around should I or shouldn't I. My debates around should I or shouldn't I had more to do with like money. Like, can I afford to go buy these supplies? And I felt like I couldn't. And and what I and I remember a huge one for me was like feeling really vulnerable going into the art supply store because I didn't know what I was doing or what I was buying. And especially at that time, my anxiety was so up. It was kind of overwhelming for me. Um, so I think those kind of blockages were really present. But something inside inside me just wanted to feel better. I think that we're so resilient as humans that in our own natural timing and in our own natural way, we, we will find a way to match with those nudges and maybe it takes longer than we would like or would be expected from a different point of view. Um, yeah, I don't know what else, much more I can say about that other than you can trust your timing that you will come back around to it, even if you do need to put it off to feel safe for a little bit. Yeah, you know, I'm thinking a little bit about um, when you were talking about not having enough money to buy supplies and our living room being really small Mm. and these artists you're watching like live in Bali and have these studios and like everything is well lit and everything is big and you lived in a small room at the time and our apartment was small and the process of what you need to make the art being a reflection of your own trappedness in that moment and making art anyway. Mm-hmm. And now a place like a few years later where you have a studio, you're selling art online, you to other people look like yeah, maybe what you were watching on the internet at the time yeah, and showing up anyway in that, but also dealing with that as you were making art. Um, yeah. Anything you want to say to that? Because I know that a lot of listeners here maybe are like, oh, maybe I want to start acrylic painting, like, mm-hmm. and ha- just have a small apartment and yeah, whatever else and not a lot of money. So yeah, I can say a lot about that. Um, 
art is so interesting in particular because art in itself is such a transforming vehicle so it's kind of like the more you're able to engage with art the more you might be able to shift your circumstances not necessarily because you're making money from your art definitely don't plan on that in the beginning um but just because it's helping you heal right and so i would urge those people and and to my past self to just work within your limitations like do what's accessible um maybe you need to collage from pieces of trash like if that's the all you have access to financially right or maybe you need to work on small postcards because your space is small um whatever that means for you within your limitations know that the act of showing up to make the art is actually likely what will help you to shift those like confinements and that was really the case for me but yeah definitely to emphasize that I really had that experience of looking at these like big white studios and you know for context you and I lived together at the time and I would paint in the living room while you were at work and then try and clean up everything every drop of paint off the floor I wasn't always successful but I tried like every single time and put everything back in the closet and this is when I was already chronically exhausted um, and to the, I cannot imagine doing that now, but I did it at the time because that was my only way to create. And doing that for months on end and dealing with all kinds of other limitations for quite some time is what has allowed me to get to where I am. So if you don't like throw the first stone, um, you, you're not gonna have the pathway to, to get to that spot, yeah. Yeah, can we talk a little bit about how art has literally changed your mental health completely. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, and just talk about that a little bit. Like what are your perspectives on how and why that happens and how becoming an artist has, in we could say like saved you in many ways, you know? Mm-hmm. There's so many layers and reasons that which art has saved me. Um, the first thing that comes to mind on just like a mental health level, like like the therapeutic nature of art, like even if somebody doesn't turn it into like their main jam, is that art, usually when we're depressed, right? Or for me, um, we're feeling really disempowered. I know that that's like the number one trigger for my depression is that I feel like I can't do anything to create change, that I'm stuck in my circumstances and I'm stuck in suffering. And so art, it gives us this embodied feeling that we're creating a change where literally where there's something wasn't before we're then putting something there um, and even more so than that especially for me in the case of painting and probably with most mediums you're bringing more of yourself out and forward and you're creating something new with your essence right and that's healing i mean i think also the cause of a lot of trauma is our essence has been denied and shut down and repressed is like this slow but beautiful process of pulling those things out of yourself and making them physical likely when you have lacked the language um, or lacked the ability to that in other ways in your life maybe due to trauma Uh, but it's this really safe and wonderful place where you get to do that so just that rinse and repeat over time like moves energy through you it connects to your ability to do something and that's you know, for anybody who feels disempowered or trapped in their circumstances, that's everything, right? So that's one layer. 
The other layer for me, as you know, like you observe me, why it has like transformed me is, I mean, a huge reason that I was, I mean, I was struggling with reasons, still do, but a huge one was that I had no sense of purpose. Like I, I didn't know how to be in the world as my weird, sensitive, empathic, traumatized, introverted, I don't know, spiritually oriented self, right? And or give me, gave me a place to put those things and give them purpose, um, a way to use them. And yeah, like following those threads, now getting to embody something I do daily that is also kind of an identity, um, a healing identity that I'm, I'm doing something I love. And that I think has also been like the real game changer. But I had to go through that like emotional mental health baseline processing before I could even get to that that part of the gift yeah there was so much of just making art for yourself before it even Mm -hmm. became a career um yeah yeah. um so tying it back to the current times which is coronavirus pandemic we're all trapped inside and it's the perfect little petri dish for (laughs) depression and mental health issues um and i know that it's personally brought things up for you as it has for me and kind of being faced with okay if i just go make some art right now like that will make it a little bit better and um maybe just speaking to what it's been like for you in terms of the coronavirus and how that's led you to your art and how art has helped or maybe even resistance to making art like what's that been like for you yeah like all things uh pandemic as I'm learning it's been up and down I feel like that's my theme every time somebody asks me like how are you I'm like I've been up and down in the most literal sense um and so as has my relationship with creating so you know, in kind of the beginning of this, I found myself in a deep free state, like a a revisiting of that stuck, disempowered. There's nothing I can do to make myself feel better, unknown. You know, so many people are experiencing that fear, just overwhelm of things putting me into a free state. And actually what I think really helped me shift that was creating, but I had to I I didn't feel in that moment that I really had access to going to my studio and getting my paints out and engaging with that whole thing. Because to be honest, the kind of art that I typically make, it takes a lot of energy to like get up and stand up all day and be in there and clean it up. It's definitely, it's a physical thing. And so I felt like the only thing I had access to was just reaching for my iPad and like doodling in Procreate, which is not usually my medium at all. But just the act of doing that because it was accessible to me with the capacity I had um, really helped me shift uh, a lot within my emotional state within the pandemic. And so I've kind of gone back and forth from doing that. And then from feeling like, you know, the only thing I can do right now is create. And I think the only way I'm emotionally going to get through this is if I feel some sense of empowerment and forward movement. So just throwing myself into creating. And then I think what can come with that is feeling guilty for giving into a quote unquote, like productive whim, you know? Um, and so it's just been a range of emotions. And, and the only thing that I can say that I've gotten from this and I'm in no way through the whole thing 
is just create in the ways that are accessible to you. Um, do what feels good, you know? And if that's going really big and going really hard, like give yourself that, that's allowed. And if that's something small or not at all, like that's okay too. Yeah, for sure. I want to talk a little bit just about, because you're a work, like you're an artist who makes money from your art. Um, you have a business and <laughs> the pandemic being a time of financial uncertainty and you making the choice to launch a new series in this. And um, I'm sure there's some artists who make money from their art too, maybe listening. And what was your thought process around like sharing your art and asking for money for your art during this time? (laughs) Yeah. Um, Well, the desire, I have to say, even though I did have fears around money, the, the desire to launch a collection actually came more from a desire to, to feel normal, like to feel like I'm doing my thing that I love and that being like grounding for me and launching is kind of a lot of work. And so it gave me like a project and like a thing to do. So the desire really rooted there, first of all, but of course, within that, there's like asking for money. Um, yeah, I definitely had a lot of like, I don't want to be insensitive. I don't want to flood people with this. There's so many better places that maybe people could be spending their money. Um, so I did like a kind of like a poll to my community or just like ask the question, like, what, how are you guys dealing with this? And what do you think about this? And, and honestly, I had so many things come back, like such beautiful reflections around how people really need art right now and how, yeah, there's so much suffering and there are a small portion of people who are just doing fine and who are bored at home and like, who want to support artists and like, want to own new art right now um and that's okay too you know and I think one of the comments that really got me was somebody said by you continuing to support yourself you're one less person who's in need Mm -hmm. um and that's a good thing like when money comes to you money can circulate into the economy and you can funnel that money into good causes Um, And so by me keeping myself afloat as an artist, A, putting art is so important for all people to be doing if want to. Um, People need to be seeing art and seeing things they love and things that bring them joy, et cetera. But in in terms of the money piece, like me being supported is positive for the cause. Like it's positive for the economy. And so taking that perspective um, has really helped me. Yeah, I wonder if you, like, have you seen with all this going on, like, more of your true self come forward even more in certain ways in your art or even online in your presence of just this being such a, I mean, I believe we're confronted with death in a very real way, which then leads us to find ourselves more deeply. Mm -hmm. Um, And from that, I would imagine that I don't want to say truer art, but just the ability to connect into yourself even deeper may be there. And have you noticed that um, at all? Yeah, it's it's kind of twofold, right? So in terms of like the art itself, like me and my studio, I've noticed two things happening. On the negative side, 
I think there's the the voice that artists often struggle with, which is like, what's the point? What am I going to do with this? Where is it going to go? Why is it needed? This like, what's the point thing with my art? I noticed that being magnified a lot more, Mm -hmm. like especially with the like unknown future, whatever happening. So that's definitely present. But at the same time, I also notice a lot more of a like, well, fuck it kind of energy. Yeah. (laughs) Of like, um, yeah, it, it puts you more in tune with like the grounded what matters truth. And what doesn't matter is pleasing and appeasing people that you don't need to be pleasing and appeasing and doing things for the wrong reasons and going after things that might be superficial, all of those kind of get cut out in the light of a crisis. I think you are kind of left with the raw truth. And so I think in that sense, it has helped me be more honest with myself. Um, yeah, just in terms of, even it's just for me, you know, as an abstract visual artist, it's, it's all this like nonverbal stuff around like, maybe I want to do this funky idyllic little shape that seems really, really weird, but I kind of like it. Like these are the kind of things I think about in the studio (laughs) to give you all context. Um, But also too, you know, and something a little bit more relatable is like, actually what I really like is these like big canvases. And I always have a difficult relationship with that because it's scarier to ask for a higher price point and they take longer to sell. And so now where I'm currently at is uh, just letting myself do that for no other reason than like, I want to, you know, yeah. I think there's that kind of energy. And then it's also really translated even to social media of like, you know, in just my relationships, like even outside of business, my big theme right now is like, you know, I just like really don't want to perform in yeah. any way, shape or form. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Same. <laughs> We could say that the performing is what makes us very tired. (laughs) One could say that, yes. (laughs) Yeah, I liked what you said about, um, what was it, that actually working on these projects and maybe even working on my business or creating this series is going to help me feel better in this moment. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. Like, that's reason enough. That's not giving into capitalism. That's not, like, being insensitive it's not being bad or wrong or that you're not dealing with this in the right way or whatever that may be Mm -hmm. um and yeah I don't know if you want to speak any more to that but I liked that you said that and just finding that within my own business of just like I want to work on something and I want to keep creating something and that's okay and that's actually something we need to like doula us through this really difficult time. And um, I think that we can kind of feel guilty for wanting to create and just wanting to be in a space of creativity when the world is in so much suffering. So, Yeah, it's a really fine, I mean, I'm still dancing with this every day. It's a really fine line to walk. And I'm really asking myself, like, is this desire coming from an insatiable need to just be productive for capitalism's sake that's been ingrained in me or is it coming from the genuine human desire to create and do something and feel good with forward movement and progress you know I think that 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 desire is innate in a lot of us and so I think to look for those nuances 
of like where is this coming from is is part of the unraveling and part of the work and i i would say it's one of the themes that's most present for me right now as i find myself realizing that moving forward with creating is my best chance of coping and feeling good so it's just i'm more just asking myself a lot of questions around all of that same yeah i wonder if you could share some of the nuances that you found like how do you know if it's capitalism speaking to you or how do you know if it's a genuine desire to create something mm. yeah <laughs> i don't have a whole lot discovered but i will share with you the, the couple okay I have. I'm really in the process with this one um i've noticed that with the capitalism productive motivator there's like a spinning out effect of like a lot of it's rooted in fear and the need for more and so when it's coming from that place i notice that there's like a lot of fast movement and a lot of scattered energy and and this is just me personally like i'm sure everybody has a different like response but when things are coming from a a genuine innate desire, I noticed that it's more genuinely satisfying and I feel proud, but I really have to check in with myself around that pride. Um, but there is a feeling around like I'm doing the good work, like I'm doing what I'm meant to be doing. And I, I think that's such a personal check-in versus on a day where I'm like posting a lot on Instagram and like, let me just think about this content. And like, I don't know, maybe I could sell this or do this idea. Like even me mimicking that, you can hear the quick scattered in that energy and so yeah just being grounded and 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 a little bit more quiet as I'm venturing forward and yeah so there's like a I guess to answer the question there's there can be a slowing down with the fast with the forward movement yeah I keep the the two words that keep coming to me are like the fine line difference between like feeling accomplished and feeling fulfilled mm. and there can be like genuine soul nurturing accomplishment that's like feels really good but mm -hmm. that like craving to like feel like I did a lot today you know yeah um, yeah yeah it's kind of like what's your reasoning like yeah why do you feel like you need to did a lot to did why do you feel like you need to have done a lot today um, yeah. just so you can relax later or because you're wanting to feel fulfilled yeah. And um, I noticed with capitalism, <laughs> when that's fueling my engines, there's usually like a voice of, I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. Mm. I Just a little bit of like meanness from myself yeah. kind of propelling me forward versus like, I don't know, kind, magical creativity feelings. Um, yeah. And all can be muddled within one session of something, but... I noticed that too as a new totally. So I would agree for sure. Yeah. Um, I'm curious, and I kind of already asked this question just what, how has this pandemic changed your art, if it has at all, um, or changed your relationship to being an artist or your relationship mm -hmm. to yourself? I mean, that's bigger, and I know that it. It has and you've spoken to that a little bit but just anything more you have to say about that yeah well it hasn't been 
all along, even though we feel like it's it hasn't. Been forever. <laughs> so it might be a little soon to tell how it's going to change my art. <laughs> it's only <laughs> been start with that. <laughs> on I read on March on March first, the U.S. only had eighty-eight cases, which oh my god. It's March or April. It's it's March. It's, it's March. <laughs> it's April 9th. Um, and we have a lot of cases. So. <laughs> a lot more than 88. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Time has been going fast and slow all at once. Um, yeah. But in terms of how it's changed me, I mean, I think I, I imagine that this is common for many people, not just artists. It's like getting you down to what really matters, you know, and cutting out more of the bullshit. So in that sense, I, I feel, yeah, like I have just such a, a lower tolerance for bullshit, um, a lower tolerance for faking it in my emails or online, or I feel actually, I will say I feel a lot more protective of my creative time, like my studio time, which might be because I'm sensing that I really need it right now. Um, so that's a big one. And then yeah, in terms of as an artist, I think it's actually made me a little more brave in owning something that I've already known about being an artist, uh, which my relationship to it is, it's important that I paint these paintings. It's important that I like bring this energy down and physicalize it and put it into colors and funky little shapes, even if it's just in my studio. And better yet, if it gets seen by more people or brings somebody else joy, I, that's, you know, a win-win. But that's kind of like a vulnerable thing to own as purposeful, naturally, yeah. for a lot of artists, you know. And for whatever reason, with this pandemic, there's some sort of feeling around, I want to be even more fierce yeah. in owning that that is purposeful and important even though it's abstract <laughs> literally yeah. and figuratively yeah um <laughs> <laughs> it's abstract all around uh and that's okay. which has been your mo for <laughs> your whole life <laughs> that's right i'm an abstract kind of person so <laughs> So Devin, getting, getting seen on paper. Devin majored in philosophy in college. <laughs> I was looking for abstract painting, but I just hadn't found it yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, you and I talk about this a lot when we talk on the phone of like, I'll call you and be like, you know, I actually don't think I want to go back to school and I want to do this, be a therapist. I think I want to follow the vague creative path. <laughs> Oh yeah, it's, it's the official title of the artist is the vague creative path. Yeah, the path where um, there's no clear ways of how you even get on it, <laughs> or where you're going, <laughs> or where you're going, or why it matters, or anything. Yeah. Um, and staying true to yourself. Yeah. In that, and I've found with the pandemic, the reason I need to stay true to myself for it is because I literally don't, I don't feel good. I suffer mm. if I don't, mm. and. Um, yeah, just talking a little bit more around, like you said, it's actually really important that I make these shapes and mm -hmm. that I bring this energy into form and that I paint little aliens and I do <laughs> whatever it is that I do every day. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't even really know, to be honest, but I do something. Comes you do. Out in terms of colors. <laughs> yeah, and it resonates with a lot of people. And yeah. Why do you think that is? And what is the importance? Mm. 
of art or abstract art or your art, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Love that question. I like to think that it resonates with people because there's lots of people who like magic and colors and pastel things and, um, it represents, I don't know, like to, to be totally honest, it kind of just represents a vibe. Like it represents, and maybe within that vibe, there's more meaning like, you know, connection to the divine or magical little frequencies or yeah, like aliens and gnomes and stuff, who knows. Um, but I, I think that it resonates with an essence within other people who like that, those things too. And they, they have that same feeling, but maybe they don't have the medium to turn it into art or maybe they're doing it in diff- totally different ways. And so then when they see the art, they're like, Oh, that's me. Like, I get it. I like it. I don't know why I like it, but I like it. And it serves as a reflection for like an essence that they also carry. And something that I know for me has been very hard to put words to. I have a hard time putting art to it, right? And so it's like a service I provide. (laughs) Yeah, and I also think just someone being in their truth, like really Mm. channeling what is in their experience and their essence um, is so magnetic and so permission giving for us that we resonate with it so deeply because we're like feeling truth you know and mm. I see that with a lot of artists and I see that with you it's like the the closer and closer you are to your uniqueness like the better and better it gets you know like even if we were like gonna technically compare them or something it's like yeah. the ones that are more you are like it's so good you know mm. um and so yeah it's important yeah it's almost like so even beyond, I, I was hearing part of that question, like the actual art in itself. Yeah. Right? But then even beyond that, if you're an artist of any kind, musician, figurative artist, whatever, writer, and you're really in your truth, I think what's so healing and such a service that all artists provide is that connection to truth via their own channel. Right? Yeah. And so it's also, not only are they providing the service with the art that they're creating, but they're also standing in this role of like, this is what I've chosen to do is connect to the truth and bring it out to you. Yeah. And that's inspiring for people because I think we all kind of want to do that. And maybe it's not through art, but we all want to do that in our own way. So to see it in this foundational form that is art, I think is really healing for people to witness. Yeah. And it also, I mean, just going back to you and how much you've shifted, it's like what you were talking about, being able to have the embodied experience of aliveness or color or making something, but also just being in your truth then ripples out into your life too, you know, and gives you more and more courage and ability to take that action like outward other than just in the studio, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah, Yeah. It's, I, um, this is random, but I, there's this woman, Lola Pickett, who I met this past year, and she's very expressive with, like, her personal style, and she, like, paints her face when she goes to the grocery store, and she was sharing that she actually radiates her expression outward because it feels safe to her. Like, mm-hmm. it creates a protective field. That's the word, she, I think, what she used, of, like, her own truth and essence, and yeah. so it's something that she has created. Um that is healing for her. Yeah. I don't know why being an artist kind of makes me think about that too. Totally. And I think that all of us do that in our own ways and really 
small ways, even if it's just like a corner of your house that you're like, mm. Ooh, I like that. That's me. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or like flowers you buy at the store, like whatever. Um, yeah. and I think during now, like the more we can engage with that, the better. Yeah. Yeah. Let me see my other questions. <laughs> <laughs> Moment of authenticity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got I was really in the moment. Um it's good. It's worth it. Yeah. Let me see if there's any. Um oh, this is a good one. This can be one of our last ones before I go into rapid fire, which you taught me. Um, <laughs> yes. For those that are really feeling the weight of the world right now and are just mm-hmm. feeling depression come back online, exhaustion, anxiety whatever else, um, but are resonating with what we're talking about and want to start some sort of creative practice. And you talked about this a little bit, like what tips and advice do you have for them to maybe a just move through those moments of emotion or mm-hmm. they're just in that really hard moment? Like how can they find creativity and what can they do? Um, yeah. So the first thing I'll say is reach for what is accessible. I know one of the biggest things for me that was a little bit of a block for a long time is I saw this chick on YouTube painting these huge acrylic canvases, but I didn't know how to do that and I didn't have the space for it. And so the gap between where she was and I was kept me from creating. But what shifted that was reaching for something that's accessible. So especially in this time, like if you can't get out of bed, I don't know, can you reach your journal and your pencil from your bed? Can you like doodle scribbles in your journal? because doing that's gonna allow you to get up and maybe go look for your coloring pencils, right? And it's kind of a cycle like that. So do what is accessible to you. It's so much better than nothing. Like I can't stress that enough. And then if you're having even a hard time doing that or you're, or maybe you're even have the capacity to do it, but you're like, this is blah, I'm depressed. I'm in a hard time. I don't even know what to do with this. Look for people who inspire you or things that inspire you. Like look for an inspiring documentary or a podcast interview or go look on Pinterest, like revisit your Pinterest boards for art that you like and just remember that you like cool, interesting, beautiful, insert adjective here, things. Um, And even that, even if you can't find the energy or capacity to actually create, that's actually still you engaging with your creative self and still does something. Yeah. Um, so like really low threshold points of accessibility is my advice. Yeah. We like the doable action. Oh yeah. All about doable. <laughs> doable life. Doable is really important doable when you're life. a person who's tired, you know, you gotta have the doable, but, but also I'm a huge advocate for it because also on the flip side, you know, I just want to say like, I, who am a very tired person, I get up and I spend like seven hours a day at my studio all the time. You and do. I really do. And for some people, they're like, okay, so, but if you're somebody who has low energy, that's a really big deal. And the reason I have been able to shift myself into a place where I'm able to do that is by following the doable steps. So I'm kind of like an advocate for that. Yeah. And I can really um, attest to that as watching you on your whole journey is it really started with doable smaller things for a long time um Mm -hmm. and it wasn't until a couple years ago that you were able to like get a studio and you even moved Mm -hmm. you moved from smaller studio to bigger one you know it's all been like doable my first studio was I I love saying this because it was so awful 
one fourth, not even a whole, one fourth <laughs> of a rented garage, like residential garage space. So like think of a garage, think of a fourth of that garage. And that was my first studio and it sucked so bad. <laughs> yeah. But it was an improvement from where I was. So, you know, that's how it works. This is how it works. <laughs> <laughs> and I also love, um, yeah, if you don't even have the energy to create yourself, just immersing yourself in creativity from other people, you know, mm-hmm. um, I like to write, but I also read a lot and yeah. I'm also a tired person. So. Yeah. <laughs> you can read, you could listen to an audio book. Like, and I you'll, be like surprised, you'll be surprised when you're submersed in someone else's creative energy, it actually gives you energy to then be able to pick up the pen mm. or be able to pick up the paintbrush or whatever. Cause you're inspired. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, I'm going to ask you some semi rapid fire questions which is a term you gave me. Um, Love it. So what's your favorite way to feel your feelings right now during this pandemic? I'm going to be totally honest. (laughs) I just got a therapist. (laughs) (laughs) For the first time in a long time, inspired by coronavirus, Mm -hmm. um, but needed for other reasons. And I have to say my favorite way currently, because I've done a lot of just like sitting at my altar and like suffering through it for years. um, I'm really digging the ability to feel my feelings with my therapist. Cool. Mm -hmm. I support that. (laughs) What does your inner child love to do the most right now during the pandemic? Mm -hmm. Well, always paint, but also as like a somatic practice, like shaking, Mm -hmm. um, like doing the body shakes to just kind of like wake up my body and stuff, which feels really silly, but also helps a lot. Yeah. This one's not coronavirus related, but we'll allow it. (laughs) (laughs) If you were to do any job other than what you're doing, what would that job be? Oh, it's like a total tie. (laughs) Why are you asking to share with the other people? For them to know. Well, you might not know. We'll see. We'll, I know one of them. We'll test it. Yeah, you probably know one of them. <laughs> uh-huh. It's a tie between extravagant, like, cupcake decorator, baker, mm-hmm, and underwater whale photographer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. Didn't think you knew that one. <laughs> I think I could have guessed that one if I, if I tried. I really thought about it. I like but, whales. Yeah, you do. <laughs> when do you feel the most alive? Are we allowed to talk about psychedelics on this podcast? Yes, you're allowed to talk about anything. (laughs) Okay. Well, we've talked about painting a lot. So that, and also definitely like some of our best friend mushroom times. Yeah. You and me. Yeah. Yeah. Best friend, you and me. (laughs) Yeah. We're going to do a whole other podcast on how psychedelics have helped us throughout our lives, but. Mm, We'll love that. Yeah. Um, Because. They're closely said to art, too. Um, if someone were to ask you, how do I feel better, what would you say to them? How do I feel better? It so depends on who's asking, but the first thing that comes to mind is just, like, let let yourself be okay. Like, it's, a, it's okay that you don't feel better, mm-hmm. you know? You're allowed to feel bad yeah and like kindness yeah compassion yeah I remember when I was 
really depressed and something you said to me was like okay well what if you just feel this way forever you know like how would you move forward you know yeah like instead of work I, I think that there can be such strain and tension when we're constantly fighting against something so just like yeah. allowing feeling bad yeah allow yourself to go with the tide of where you're at so Devin where can we find your work and <laughs> <laughs> do you have anything exciting coming up you just got real official um yes it did yes I hang out a lot on the Instagram which is at Devin Walls Art my last name is W-A-L-Z people put a T in there a lot there's no T yeah, it's not Waltz no it's not a dance Seven um, Walls Art. There you are. And in terms of what I have coming up, I am thinking about what I have coming up. I have nothing to like officially announce. I'm definitely working on some large paintings, but who knows when they will be done because we never know. Um, and I'm sure I'll be offering some sort of accessible uh, creative art class in the near future. I don't know what that will look like yet, but it'll probably be something around finding your voice and your style and bringing more you to your art. Those are the things I really love to teach and talk about. So you can keep an eye out for that. Yeah, and Devin also mentors artists too. Yep, I do. Yeah. <laughs> we'll group that with the psychedelic podcast. It'll be yeah. a really interesting Pair hybrid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, Devin. Well, is there anything else you'd like to share with our audience around art and feeling better in difficult times? Mm. I mean, yeah, we need your art, like no matter what it is. I, I feel really passionate about like, if you feel self-conscious that your art is too weird or doesn't have a place or doesn't have an audience, that that's specifically the art you should be making. Yeah. And that's probably not the best like commercial advice if you want to be a commercial artist, which I think against that, I think commercial art's awesome. Um, but I just feel passionate about advocating for if you feel like your art doesn't have a place please don't listen to that voice and please make that specific art because it's going to be the most powerful. Yeah. And we also need you who is the person who gets birthed from making the art, mm, you know? Totally. Yep, yeah. Great point. Yep. Cool. Devin. Well, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for listening to episode one of how to feel. If you want to stay updated on the release of future episodes, go ahead and subscribe. And if you like the podcast, I would so appreciate a review. For all other information about my work, about upcoming events, about the podcast, you can head to www.anastasiaholland.com and also come hang out with me on Instagram at Anastasia Holland. Thanks so much for being here. I really appreciate it and I hope you have a great week.